0: I was actually trying to work on marketing for the company. It's like, you got to do a blog post. You have to do a video. You have to spend 45 minutes writing an email newsletter to your fan base. And I just felt like I was spending, you know, 15 hours a week doing my marketing. And I thought, this, I can't do this if I'm going to keep growing the business. I don't, it feels like I'm wasting time here, but I know it's an important activity. So that's when I thought, what if I could batch record. A bunch of these little tip videos because i knew when you are giving education in the format of video or blogs articles online that becomes searchable people are always searching for answers to their problems right so if you create a little video on how to file this document how do i increase my profit how do i grow team culture That's how you want your content coming up, is searchable. I also knew that the more minutes somebody spends watching me, the more connection that we have. The more connection we have, the more likely you are to take a step forward with me.
1: Welcome, you are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, This show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality, and that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go.
2: On today's episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast, Mark chats with the one and only Amber Villhauer, CEO and founder of NGNG. No guts, no glory. A top marketing agency in the country. Since starting her agency in 2007, Amber has supported thousands of entrepreneurs on six continents, specializing in website branding, marketing strategy, and overall business growth. Not only that, Amber is a multi award winner for Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Today, you'll get to hear a little about why leverage is one of the best ways to scale your business. The importance of being careful and thoughtful in each and every one of your connections. And best of all, why writing a book establishes an entrepreneur as a credible expert in their industry. Thank you so much and enjoy.
3: Hi, I'm Mark B. Murphy. I'm the founder and CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and Sequoia Private Client Group. And I'm the author of three books, my newest being the ultimate investment. And I want to introduce you today, a very good friend and somebody who's helped our business grow, not arithmetically, but geometrically, Amber Vilhauer. So Amber, welcome to the uh, podcast.
0: This is so special. You know, this is a very special moment for me.
3: (laughs) I I just want to do, I usually don't, especially with people I know very well, I don't generally kind of read what I think their company does in their background, but I want to make an exception for you because I know you're so humble and modest, you won't uh, share it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but I, I just want to read what, and this is not Amber's word. This is our words uh, about NGNG. First of all, NGNG, I think you started that agency in 2007. And for all of you to want to know what NGNG stands for, NGNG stands for No Guts, No Glory. Amber is a leading digital marketing strategist who supports authors, speakers, and coaches to establish powerful integrated online presences to get results and empowers them to make a difference in their industry. She's also supported thousands of entrepreneurs on six continents with branding and website development, online marketing and live streaming services. And she has been the launch manager behind dozens of number one best-selling books, including those for Mark Victor Hansen, Brendan Burchard, Martin Lindstrom, Dr. Daniel Amen, Lisa Nichols, and Les Brown. And I think that the other thing I would say to make people to say, you know, do I have to have a book to work with Amber?" The answer is, of course is no. But NGNG Enterprises intimately understands that creating a successful brand or business starts and centers around a sharp-looking website and captures attention and gets results. But I, I think we also know that you've launched over 1,000 websites in the past 10 years. But I think you also know that a great website alone won't offer you the Russian profit you seek. For that, you need a harmonious marketing plan that maximizes your brand exposure, generates a consistent flow of qualified leads, and conditions the audience to buy. So I, I could go on and on and on, yes, and on. you
0: nailed it like that is exactly it <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it
3: took me It took me about a year to figure out what you did. And then, once you did it, it became clear of what you did because it, there were so many moving pieces, and so much is like a leap of faith in terms of in terms of you've just got to trust the process and trust it because for most people, they're everybody's figuring out how to grow their business. Everyone's trying to figure out how to use social media. And you know, you just have to take that leap of faith. And for us, it was was amazing. You know, before I get into NGNG, I just want to start because we call this the Hero of the Hour podcast, and so I I, I only want to have people on this that are either personal heroes to me or people that are heroes to other people. And uh, you categorize you're in both categories. So, who, who are some heroes to you, or tell me what a hero means to you?
0: Oh, um, I would say a hero to me, Mark, is somebody who is brave. I think bravery is really important. I think of somebody who's willing to do what others aren't because it's hard or scary or risky. I think that a hero must kind of grow out of a bedrock of really incredible values, um integrity, wanting to do good in the world. So these are some things that that come to mind and when I think about some of my heroes, my mom was my biggest hero growing up by far, you know, single mom, and she was an entrepreneur. She was a world traveler and adventurer. She was very spiritual. I mean, what a role model, um, for being a young girl, myself seeing what it was, what was possible for a woman, uh, it was pretty exciting. And I would say my, my current hero, in addition to my mom, um, I, <laughs> I met somebody about a year ago. Um, his name is Dimitri Theros, and the way you kind of describe me, I have no idea how to describe this guy, but I, I sort of will say he's my consciousness coach because he does he does so many different things for me, but ultimately. He's really helped me to grow beyond some of my trauma, some of the things that have happened in the past, allowing me to almost have a clear slate in my mind and in my emotions and my spirituality so that I can show up in the world in a much bigger and more profound way, which is really, really important to me um, because I want to be a hero to so many people. And I do get to experience that every day, but I know there's so much more in me to share. I'm just... I'm ready to share it. So I'm happy for Dimitri's influence in my life.
3: I mentioned you started your business in 2007. Can you tell the audience where you started and how you built such a massive business?
0: Yes. um, (laughs) The story isn't very flattering, I'll tell you, because I didn't go to business school. I had no idea how to be a business owner. It wasn't even on my radar, Mark. I actually, in my 20s, when I was going to college for graphic design and kind of dabbling and writing and a little bit of econ and philosophy, I was kind of making up my own major trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the world. During that time, I sold Cutco Cutlery, which is high-end kitchenware. Now, if you've heard of Cutco, you know that some really great entrepreneurs come out of that organization because they teach you a lot about sales and marketing and culture and leadership. Even with five years of really incredible experience, I still didn't have the idea to go start my own business. When I got as much as I could out of that opportunity as sort of a stepping stone, um, I just got this sort of side job for about a year running two different events for the same partners. And they were teaching entrepreneurs how to get capital into their business and how to market online. And this was like 2005. I knew nothing about the online world back then. In fact, one of the partners even asked me, do you know what a blog is? And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) But I knew how to run an event because of my Cutco days. I befriended a lot of the speakers, some of the greatest internet marketing experts of all time still, and I just got inspired. I went home, I taught myself code, I built my own website, and I started blogging about the things I was learning about from SEO to persuasive copywriting and social media, literally just because I enjoyed it. A woman from Canada wrote me and said, hey, I I see that you're really into the web world. Could you manage my guest blogging website? And I said, me? Sure, I guess. (laughs) And NGNG was born. I'm not even kidding you, Mark. Then the next person came in, the next person came in, and all of a sudden I started having clients. A friend of mine said, you should probably file an LLC for that. And I said, what's that? Where do you go do that? And I I know I'm making light of myself, but literally I'm self-taught. And year after year, I grew the business. We've always been profitable. I've never gotten into debt. I've never had investors. I just knew that I had to take excellent care of my clients. I had to follow through on what they hired me for. And I had to treat people well and keep showing up and researching how to get to the next step. And 15 years later, we had the Inc. 5,000 list, and we've made a humongous change in multiple industries, and it's extremely rewarding and fulfilling.
3: That's uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, I, I, my experience with you is that, you know, your clients are not uh, in one particular industry; they're not men, they're not women. But as a as a woman entrepreneur, what can you advise other female entrepreneurs? What advice do you have for them?
0: I will say I am not one to boast or brag for sure as you know but I do have a secret sense of pride of what I've been able to accomplish given that I am female. And I know it's it's hard to you know really see that that's a real thing in our in our world but it is because Mark for many years all I wanted was a seat at the table. The internet marketing world is men, at least it was when I started. Maybe it was even 100%. I mean, you just didn't have Amberville Howers of the world showing up (laughs) at that time. So I would just say what I chose to do, and maybe other females out there can follow suit. I chose to not get hung up on that. You know, I was never like the marching feminist or anything. I just wanted to do good work in the world. And I knew that if I took care of my clients, word of mouth would take care of me. And I know if I kept showing up and I kept showing up and I kept over delivering and proving myself that all of a sudden the other men would start to pay attention and they did. And then I started getting speaking engagements and I started being asked to go on podcasts, and I created respect and goodwill. In the marketplace, um, so I don't really look at things as man versus woman. It's just that it was it was hard for me to get into that seat at the table, and then when I got the seat, I thought, huh, I don't, you know, I don't really need to be here anyway. Maybe it was all up uh, in my head a little bit, but um, regardless, I do hope that more females become entrepreneurs and they take those risks and they trust themselves because, you know they have a lot to offer.
3: My favorite clients in the in the entire world are always women. And and the reason is, is because if you do a good job for a man, they'll, they'll refer you business. If you do a good job for a woman, they'll tell everyone, you know, by the way, they also, if you do a bad job, they'll tell everyone too. So you have to do a good job. <laughs> but, uh, but that, I, that's a, that's been, you know, some of our best referral sources have always been women because of that. You know, one of the things, there's a lot of ways that you can grow your business but one of the ways is to be able to close more of the opportunities that you you have and one of the things we've talked about before is that at one time you were closing about 25% of your opportunities and now you close well over 60 plus percent of those opportunities that come to you what happened that allowed you to you know go from i mean you know as I, as i said you almost triple your business just by closing just closing the more of the opportunities you had how i think a lot of businesses face that how did you discover the secret to that
0: well, it was two years in, and I was talking to a man named Larry. <laughs> now, Larry had come into my it sounds website. Sounds like a
3: fake story, you know. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: You can't even make this stuff up. I will never forget Larry. He comes into the website, goes to my contact form, asked to schedule a 60-minute sales call. Spend the first 10 minutes building a relationship, because I, I know the importance of that. Then he goes into another 10, 20 minutes telling me about what he does and what he needs. And basically, Larry distributes paper products for restaurants. And he needs a website, a storefront for his distribution company and his brand. And I can already tell, like, this is not really my sweet spot. But I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, a client is a client back then. And so then he asked me about my process. So I go step by step through the process. The same thing I've said 180,000 times before. He asked me what my rates are. And I was always nervous at that point because I've had, you know, sales calls at that time where people thought my rates were extremely low and they couldn't believe it, thought it was the deal of the century. And then I had clients that thought my rates were outrageously high. And how, who do you think you are? I mean, you just never know with people. <laughs> and either way, and these were the
3: same rates, meaning it was the same rate.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but just people have different mindsets and, you know, you know, that game. And so at the end of the call, Larry says, okay, great. Well, I'm going to think about it and get back to you. Well, I already knew what that meant. So I ended the call, an hour of my time, Mark, and I put my head head in my hands and I thought there's got to be a better way. This is not a good use of my time or anybody else's. And it was in that moment of frustration that I innovated a sales process that to this day has paid in spades. What I did was I let my website do a lot of the work for me. And so I think people in general with their website have no idea the power that that thing can really hold and what it can do for them. I decided that I did a redesign of the website so that you could feel a connection with me right when you landed, if you were a certain type of person. That feeling is important because then it fast tracks building rapport in the front end. People could get into a call and already feel some sort of a connection with me. Second thing I did is I created an educational video. And by the way, this was 2009 before video was what it was today. So this was really innovative. (laughs) I created a video that went step by step through the process that we take our clients through. This way, I didn't have to repeat myself 180,000 times on sales calls because they knew the information up front. Third thing I did, and this was probably the smartest thing I did. Was I created a PDF service menu that included great detail about all of our service offerings, examples, pricing, payment plan options, packed full of testimonials. That thing became my salesperson for me largely. After people would watch the video and have the warm and fuzzies, I would then ask them to download my PDF. At that point, I capture their name and email address so I can continue to nurture the relationship. Then they get all of the pricing up front. Then I offer to book a 30 minute call. So note, I used to do 60 minutes. Now I do a 30 minute call. Now I get into sales conversations and Mark most times today, people come in and they say, Amber, I feel like I already know you. I've watched all of your videos. I know the process for the website. I think I want a 50 hour block of time, but here are my questions. And I'm like, we're in minute two of this conversation. You're already telling me you're sold. So this is how I was able to do it. Number one, by having a really smart sales process online. People loved that they had the power. They had the control. They had the transparency. That created more goodwill in the marketplace. And it was also a good prequalifier. Because if you looked at my rates and thought, oh, my gosh, it's absurd, well, you would just naturally move on and I wouldn't have had to sit there for an hour if you were not qualified anyway. So just the whole thing uh, transformed, cut my time in half, grew my sales efficiency. And the best part was really that I got to work with all of the right clients at that point instead of kind of a mishmash of just all sorts of different people. So it's great.
3: I mean, to learn that so early on in your career to me is amazing because I, th- I think so many people T- especially early in their career, they're they they do not have the courage to walk away from people. They try to put a round peg in a square hole
0: hundred and even when
3: they bring you on this client, they may give you a dollar of revenue, but ten dollars of headaches
0: a hundred percent. and yep. it's
3: about attracting the right right people. The yes. other thing that I find business owners do or people that are business owners that are trying to become entrepreneurs because there's a difference. It's all about them, and they don't learn how to leverage. I've noticed in your op- in your organization that you, you leverage and scale very well how's that affected your business and sort of what you know what what tips and tools or you know techniques would you share with uh, with our our audience
0: i do think leverage is extremely important because it is the way to scale up and i think for me it really came out of this part of my personality mark where i don't like wasting time i actually i'm the person that when i have a flight I will have a leisurely morning and then pack at the last minute and see can I make it to the gate in time? And I love making it to the gate right on time to onboard and then not have to sit there and wait forever. I'm just that person. I think I love the energy and the excitement of it. So, out of not like I don't enjoy wasting time, I try to cram as much as I can into each minute of the day. And when you do that, And also with this great desire that I have to make a positive impact in the world, you have to learn how to leverage. When I'm doing even simple activities in the very beginning, I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm organizing an email or creating an SOP. And I actively ask myself the whole time, what's the fastest way to do whatever it is that I'm doing? What's the faster way? What's the better way? And so I think the first step is you just have to have awareness of it. I think people waste an unbelievable amount of time in general. And so I'm really interested in the opposite. How can I do more and and be more productive, be a better influence, just because it makes me feel good inside? A way that that manifested into my marketing, (laughs) I would say, to give you something tangible to walk away from. This was probably, I don't know, seven years into the business, Mark, and we had grown to this place where I'm in the middle of every decision, I'm in the middle of every conversation, and I was hitting this growth ceiling, and I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. (laughs) So again, out of that frustration came innovation. And in the moment, I was actually trying to work on marketing for the company. It's like you got to do a blog post, you have to do a video, you have to spend 45 minutes writing an email newsletter to your fan base. And I just felt like I was spending, you know, 15 hours a week doing my marketing. And I thought, this, I can't do this if I'm going to keep growing the business. I don't, it feels like I'm wasting time here, but I know it's an important activity. So that's when I thought, what if I could batch record a bunch of these little tip videos? Because I knew. Okay, for those of you out there, when you are giving education in the format of video or blogs, articles online, that becomes searchable. People are always searching for answers to their problems, right? So if you create a little video on how to file this document, how do I increase my profit? How do I in, you know, grow team culture? That's how you want your content coming up is searchable. So anyway, I created a batch of these little kind of tip videos, Mark, because I also knew that the more minutes somebody spends watching me, the more connection that we have. The more connection we have, the more likely you are to take a step forward with me. So everything that I do, there's always a reason behind it. And I created a bunch of these little tip videos. And then I wrote out this very long document to my team member, Jill. And I said, each week, I want you to watch a video. I want you to write a blog article summarizing what I share in that video because I'm the expert, this way it's also in my voice. I want you to upload and optimize that video on YouTube. I want you to send the video and the blog out every week to my email subscriber list. So I'm leveraging the video, Mark. I do a three minute tip video and now she's getting me indexed on YouTube, on Google, satisfying my email subscribers. Email subscribers come back to the website to view and enjoy the content where they're reminded of every service that I offer. So it started to grow my sales conversion. And the last thing I asked her to do was all of my social media, leveraging the content in the video, along with just whatever else she saw lying around in the company that week, book launches or website launches or what have you. And all of a sudden, because I didn't like wasting time and I believed in the power of leverage, I innovated something that got me almost completely out of marketing. But then we got such exponentially bigger results out of just that idea and leverage. So and you, you can see these opportunities all over your business if you're just awake to it.
3: Some businesses don't get enough leads. Some businesses have enough leads, but they're more, they're more suspects than prospects. And I noticed that in your business, that your business comes almost exclusively for, through introductions and word of mouth. How long is, you know, how did you create that and how, you know, and how are how you able to maximize that?
0: By being a hero to people. <laughs> so I'll feed it back to you, but it's true. Um, you know, number one, I wanted to make sure that I only, I was always very transparent about what I can do for you what I'm not knowledgeable on, but I'm happy to research it or what I have no business talking about. Right. So you have to be really open and honest with people. The second thing is I have a genuine desire to get to know people. I actually genuinely care. I never look at it as a transaction. I always look at it as here's a human being in front of me that's complicated and you have hopes and dreams and desires and insecurities and fears and frustrations. So we're equal in that way. I'm not looking at it like you're my target and how do I capture you and, and keep you in my universe forever? I mean, it's silly. I believe in abundance. So I know that I have a lot of talent and experience and education to give. And I'm going to give that freely to you. And I'm going to genuinely care about who you are. And I'm going to hold space because Mark, the work that I do, probably similarly to the work that you do and many of the people that you know, it's pretty intimate work, right? I mean, you're getting to know people's finances and their wealth and what's going on in relationships. I'm getting to know their deepest, darkest insecurities and mindset issues that's holding them back from actually getting the message out into the world that's in their heart to share. And when you are working with somebody in that capacity, you have to build trust very quickly. You have to build connection. You have to be genuine. You have to be able to hold space. And when you do some of these things, it creates this bond that, you know, it's sacred And I really believe that by being a hero to them in that way, and then following through on everything I said I was going to do, and then some, because I'm an over-deliverer just by nature, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it created this wow experience to use your core value, uh, created a wow experience. And why would you not want to freely share that with other people in your network when you know that those people are also looking for a book launch or marketing or whatever it is, right? So I just think, take care of people, and the rest just kind of happens naturally. It's like karma.
1: Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy, but the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show.
3: One of the things I think people don't realize that they're closer than they think, or they're farther away than they think, meaning the people you compete against with, in fact, I don't believe in competition. I believe in differentiation. (laughs) And so, but I think that the idea is that the difference between, that the people you're, let's call it so-called competing against, are not dumb or stupid or lazy. They're good. They're very good. So you must be unique, remarkable, and therefore memorable to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. One of the things I've also seen by working with you, and it's something that has been something we've worked very hard at, is to being a, an Uber connector, being somebody that can connect people together. That you, know, I find so many. You know, I was at a conference I was speaking at about a month or so ago in San Antonio, and I, I saw the presenters that were in front of me, and they were talking about how to get referrals, and my talk was about how to give referrals. <laughs> um, you know, which, which I, I found, which I, which I just found, I found, you know, kind of, you know, interesting. I think that's, you know, being a great connector, tell people a little bit about that. Cause I think sometimes, although when you think about it, it makes perfect sense. It's oftentimes counterintuitive or more people would do it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it does come back to that abundant mindset and just taking care of people For me, I'm very, very picky about who I refer because I have enormously high standards of myself. And I recognize that anybody that I say, Mark, you got to know this person. That's an extension of my reputation. And it's also, you know, it carries forward that trust. You trust my word. When I say you need to know this person, then you need to know that person. So you have to be careful. And I think that Sometimes people are just in such a rush and they think more is more that they kind of miss the point. Um, I think less is more. And I think that being really careful about who you're connecting and when that happens and careful about the clients you take on, you know, I think that's maybe just an approach that other people don't take time to look at. I am personally very careful to align people based on core values, right? So that's kind of one of the first things that I look at is, do I think these two people are going to get along and to connect? Uh, Because I know that that's step one. And after that, then you can explore services and all sorts of other things together and it will be a great relationship. But having that understanding of who a person is and what they're going to be okay with or what they're not going to be okay with and what level of communication or care they want or don't want, just knowing people, I think is probably... A really, really important part of this equation. And I've just been very grateful that so many people have put my name forward. I mean, I, I, it really means a lot to me. And I want to keep showing up as my best self every day for every person so that that continues.
3: You know, I know there's a lot of clients you've worked with that, uh, you know, want to keep their business very private. And then you've had others that, you know, they've said it's okay to shout uh, the work you've done from the from the treetops or from the mountaintops. I'd love you to just share a couple of, you know, to give, give people kind of a better flavor of what you do. Mm-hmm. I'd love you to share a couple of stories with us of people you've, uh, you've made a difference in their lives.
0: Sure. Well, it, it is tough to get to really see what I can do, you know, cause I can do a lot of different things and that can create a little bit of confusion. So I would say, you know, in websites, it's more of my ability to connect you to qualified prospects. and marketing, it's a way to simplify it and make it harmonious, make it into an operation that's saving the business owner time, but creating more impact, drawing more qualified people into the website. Book launch is a part of it. It's it's probably a big part of it, Mark, because a lot of the client examples that I could give you, why they're launching a book could always be different. But I think a, a thread is that they know it's going to help them to become more credible and a you know, more of an authority in their industry. And that's going to drive leads back. So I can think of a lot of examples where even if you don't have a book on your radar, it might be a good idea for you to think about that because as we then can separate you out from your company to become a thought leader you know, that has a view on your industry and the way things should happen. If you create a book outlining some of that, we can drive a lot of energy and interest and conversation then back into your business. And that can help your business grow and profit and all sorts of other things can happen. But in order to launch the book, you have to have that foundational platform in place. So you could look at me and I'm going to give you an example in just a second, but I want to make sure it's clear up front. You could look at me as the person that you go to when you are trying to get to a totally different level in your business and you're feeling a little stuck on how to do that. You could be a small business, you could be a big business, but a lot of the rules are still pretty similar. They still apply. There's still something that needs to be fixed in your website to make that connection. There's still something that needs to occur in marketing so it's more aligned, more authentic, more pulling in the right qualified prospects. Sometimes it's also that perhaps there are monetization opportunities that you're leaving on the table because you're too busy or you're not looking at it, or you don't know what your options are. So I kind of come in and I can be the glue that brings all of this together and helps you rise in profit and you know having a bigger fan base, more qualified prospects, more profit, more fulfillment and joy. It's amazing how many people need more of that. And there are ways to accomplish that in the business. So one story that I like to share is Justin Donald, because Justin came in, he was one of my Cutco friends, and he said, Amber, people kept bugging me to write a book for my daughter, Savannah, about how I use cash flow to invest. And I call it cash flow investing. And um, they told me I should write a book for Savannah. And I said, great. Now, I'll pause here to say this is very unusual because, Mark, usually it's somebody like, hey, I want to write a book to get more leads, right? And I have this established business or whatever. But Justin had no ambitions to grow any kind of a platform. He just wanted to write a book for Savannah. I then, you know, knowing Justin, I just said, okay, well, you know, we I bet other people might want to read this book too. So why don't we get you a brand? We shifted the name a little bit called it the lifestyle investor because Justin's lifestyle meant a lot to him to be able to travel with his family and so forth. I said, you know, maybe we should just get a little simple website going so that people can buy your books. So we got the website up just did one thing at a time as he's writing the book. And I said, you know, I think we should get started with a podcast because you have so many friends and such interesting stories and so many cool things to say about this. What would you think? And so we kind of started that conversation, just easing him into it. And then I said, you know, Justin, I feel like you should offer your fans, the people that are going to read the book, they're going to want more from you, not just the book. And he said, Amber, I don't want a business. I don't want a business. I don't want to grow anything. And I said, Justin, I really think we should experiment with this because it's just not fair to your readers to not give them a next step. And I said, what if you had like a mastermind? What if we could have a free class for some of the people in your network? Just invite them in to see behind the curtains what you're doing with investing. It's just a give. And at the end of that, what if we invited people into like a one-day virtual event and just gave them more information and invited them to meet your your tax team and your financial advisor and you know really kind of get more immersed into the content. He said, I don't know but I twisted his arm I said, if I do all the work and I set up the landing page and I give you the agenda and you run the class and you know I set up the agenda for the virtual event, you just come in and speak. would you do that? And he said okay, I'll do that. We had 74 of his friends come into that initial free class just people he's known through all walks of life. He came into the free class. He said the agenda, t- basically what was in the book, Mark. At the end of that, he said, and hey, if you're interested in learning more, I've got this one day event. I told Justin to charge $10,000 a person for that one day event. A lot of other advisors, internet marketing buddies that he had at the time, they thought I was nuts, Mark. They said, you'll never get away with it. No way. I said, Justin, trust me just charge 10 grand a person and sell it he got 20 people to buy into the one day event then we had this conversation a couple of days before the event and i said justin what if what if we offer a mastermind on the back end of this he's like i don't know anything about a mastermind what would that look like so we're strategizing and i'm giving you a sense of all of the different areas that i can go with and in my consulting Uh, Through this long, long story. It's almost done. And
3: uh, people find this interesting.
0: Yeah. So we go into the one day event, and I said, why don't we just throw it out there? Because we're just being playful. There wasn't a need to drive business or come up with money, nothing like that. So, very unusual circumstance. And I said, Justin, why don't we just playfully put out an offer that if people want to have ongoing access to you and your ideas and you know what deals you're investing in and who your team is? Why don't we have a one-year mastermind? And you could just come in once a month and run a 90-minute, you know, three-hour call if you want to. And that's it. Very low, n- not many other deliverables, no fancy bells and whistles. And, and he said, well, what would you charge for something like that? And I said, I think you should charge $50,000 a person. Internet marketing buddies again came in. Oh, she's nuts. There's no way you're ever going to get 50. You're a nobody. Nobody even knows your name. This, this is crazy. <laughs> and I said, Justin... Trust me. <laughs> well, at the last minute, he he didn't. Uh, he he ended up. I think it was for that initial round because they were his friends. I think he charged twenty five or thirty five thousand for the year. Nineteen of twenty people in the room signed up that day, and the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind was born. So this was still four months out before launching the book. So Justin's platform, if you look on his Instagram, it's like a couple people. I mean, he really hadn't gotten started yet. And now he has 19 people in this mastermind. He's made many, many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he's just about to launch his podcast and his book. And within the first calendar year of his book launch, he had 100 people in his mastermind, then charging $50,000 a year. Um, He sold over 50,000 copies of his book. His private uh, one-on-one coaching was maxed out um, at a mere 250,000 a year. And Justin now had experienced a completely different type of freedom and optionality that he didn't have before. And his brand has just completely skyrocketed. And it's just really special for me to be at the very beginning stages of those conversations and pushing the boundaries, knowing who a person is and what they're capable of, and just letting them fly. And that's a long example of what I do every day.
3: You mentioned uh, you've done work with a gentleman named Nick. Before. Yes. Tell me, yeah. tell me about, tell, tell everybody the story about Nick.
0: Well, Nick and I just started working together the day before Thanksgiving, actually. And um, now I actually met Nick about, gosh, seven to 10 years ago when we were, you know, way back in the day. And I knew that Nick was a very serious professional, very good at leverage, speaking of, and marketing. And I just always had very high respect for him. And, but we, our paths never really crossed. Through a campaign that I recently did with Susan Drum, whom you now know, Mark, um, Susan launched the Leaders Playlist, an incredible book. If you're a business owner, you have to go buy it right now, I'm telling you, the Leaders Playlist. Well, Nick sort of resurfaced in my world through Susan's book launch and said, OK, what are you doing in books? Because I don't see this happening anywhere else. And it's because my process is very unique. It's very leveraged, very time efficient. It protects the author, gets them out of the weeds. And it is unbelievable for b- growing business and platforms. So he's like, I'm launching a book. Um, it's actually going to be in February of 2023. It's called Come Up for Air phenomenal book. Go pre-order it right now. It's all about uh, operational efficiency. And we know that it's you know important to have that, right? But still, bloat occurs in businesses all the time. People through, for lack of training or accountability, bloat just happens and it takes a lot of your profit. And Nick is trying to solve for that. He is obsessed with operational efficiency. And he's all about making sure that a business uses the correct tech stack. So the right chat agent, how are you using email? Why? When? What's your project management system? If people understand the tech and how to properly utilize it, he can get people a full business day back in profit, which is pretty remarkable each week. So anyway, that's what his book is about. And Nick was in a very similar situation as many of the clients that I work with, Mark, in that He already had a booming business. I mean, some of the the biggest leaders and celebrities in the world are his clients. So he wasn't hurting for business, but he knew he was sitting on an opportunity and wanted to continue to scale up. He was now attracting in some very big, you know, seven, eight, nine figure enterprise clients. He's doing a lot of consulting and he thought, okay, I'm going to double down on this. So he creates Come Up for Air, this book that's amazing, The challenge that I saw from my seat is that you have his website leverage. And otherwise, Nick is a ghost online. He's not on social. He has no website, nothing. Well, now he's going to be a big time author. You have to have a presence. So literally within one week of getting started, I completely put up this gorgeous book website for him, ComeUpForAir.com. It's one of my favorites. Um, so we put up the book website and I, you know, corralled his team, put a full launch plan because I only had three months to work with him entirely, but I had to prove to Nick right out of the gates that he could trust me to run the operation because I needed him to lift out of the weeds and go into the seat of sales. I needed him networking and selling his book. That was critical for the success of his launch and where he's trying to go. But before that, he felt like he had to be in the weeds in every decision, and every conversation. So I had to prove that I've got this. So you go out, which I did. Then within week two, he said, okay, we need to redesign my company website, which we did in another week. And now this week, I'm finishing up a thought leader website for him at nicksonenberg.com. So now what you see is that his platform has tripled in size. He is now kind of out, established as the thought leader behind operational efficiency, not just a business owner or consultant. His his website is now reflected to be sort of a standalone entity, not like everybody has to talk to Nick. So Nick's been lifted out, made the team rise up. So now he's getting all of these consulting clients coming in, like what is going on with Nick's platform? And behind the scenes, we're also launching a podcast with him and his co-host, Jay Abraham, that's going to happen right at the other end of the book launch. Within a week, I got Nick's team completely dialed in on a marketing operation that is quickly engaging and growing his platform. I got Nick actually focused on making videos, which was a huge accomplishment because he does not like that stuff at all. But I switched the flip. I flipped the switch for him. And so now all of a sudden, in less than a month of working together, Mark, it's just unbelievable. It's not even night and day. It's bigger than that. And now he's armed going into next year in a far better position to drastically scale his influence, which is really exciting for me. So that's. do you think
3: most business, most not business, most entrepreneurs should write a book?
0: Yes, absolutely. Because again, it establishes you as a credible expert. If you have enough content and stories and case studies to fill a book, you must know what you're talking about. And I, I'm not talking about the book in a weekend content. I'm talking about a, a book. And another nice thing about a book is that all of a sudden, other people in your network, other influencers start to take you more seriously because now you're on a different level. You know, you're maybe on their level now in their mind. The online world is such a weird place. I'll be the first to admit it. But having a book is a very strong badge of honor that I know what I'm doing in my business. And the launch is a great reason to then all of these podcast hosts think, oh, A book just launched. This is newsworthy. It's real time. I got to get you on my podcast. So all of a sudden, you have more speaking opportunities. Now that's how you can spread your influence and your message into new markets. A lot of businesses are thinking, how do I get into new markets where I'm not known? This is a way into that, a very powerful and fast way into that.
3: You know, when I first, when Bernie Stoltz and I wrote our first book, I think it's about six years ago, I'm losing track of time, the merger acquisition book we wrote, is I had been doing speaking for probably twenty years to, to various you know groups of professionals and you know, YPO groups and you know groups of entrepreneurs, and so I remember when I when I put the book out, I got a call to give a speech, and they talked about a fee, and I I said initially I said, Wow, that's a lot of money, and they said, uh, Well, we're going to be paying you that. I thought I was paying them to speak, <laughs> <You> know, so <laughs> so I was like I was like, Oh, okay, then that will be nice fine. surprise. Be like, that's much be better because okay. I, I you know because I would have. Because in the old model, I would have paid to get in front of an audience like this because that would have moved the needle. Yes. But but now you not only move, the, they pay to show up. But Congrats. on top of that, as the subject matter expert, as somebody that is an opinion and a thought leader, it just changed the whole world. And that's why we have a third book coming out, uh, you know, per the work we've done together. I don't want to mislead everybody because I don't think everybody is willing to take a leap to do that book or they don't have enough interesting stories, but they want to grow their business. You have to have a book if they're going to work with you.
0: No, you you absolutely don't. There's a lot of what I teach and offer to book launch clients that can still happen right now for anybody. I work with salon owners and real estate agents and financial advisors and parenting coaches and all sorts of different people like across many, many, many different industries. But I would say that I think something that's common for everybody is that number one, they need a plan that makes sense based on who they are and how they like to spend their time, what their goals are and why those goals matter to them. That might seem like surface stuff, but when you really dig in, it's amazing how many people have sort of a Frankenstein business because they thought they should be doing this or isn't this what I'm supposed to do next. And they were never really super aligned and clear from the beginning. So when I get to come in and clear out a lot of that stuff, that filler, you instantly step into your purpose. You have a whole new energy for it. And then we have this much simplified plan to fix the website if it needs fixing, usually it does, and to get a very simple but highly leveraged marketing operation up and running. Then depending on your goals here again, it might shift whatever that strategy and plan is because, Mark, there are no two plans that are ever the same for clients. It's always something unique to each person. But I think that when you're asking the right questions and you're listening for the right things, we can get you a podcast, or maybe it's better for you to just be a collaborator on an article series with an influencer. And that's a way to grow your platform. So, I mean, I have thousands of ideas that I can share with people, but there's... Just that background, that context that I need in order to nail it. And I do, I nail it right on the spot. I don't like wasting time, as I already said. So if I know where they're trying to drive toward and what their challenges is, is that they're trying to solve for, it can actually be pretty quick to get you results.
3: You know, I think that, you know, to me it all, it's all it's all BS in the sense, it's all belief systems. Um in, in, I was in, gonna in,
0: say, man. <laughs>
3: it's all it's all, it's all belief systems. and I think that one of the things I think that uh, you do well is you take people because sometimes it's people don't know what they don't know, you know, meaning that yes. you know they you know they it's it's not an area they're they're familiar with. I mean, social media didn't exist fifteen years ago, or or certainly twenty years ago. So it's mm-hmm. not people that, what people grew up with. Sometimes sure. it's sometimes it's limiting beliefs in what they have. Sometimes it's just you know, our business is okay or it's good enough, you know, kind kind of concept. And so I think that it's the belief system and getting him to think that the stuff that's possible. I think what an amazing story about Justin Donald. I mean, I mean to, to take that from where that started to where that is now, and I know you've got hundreds of those type of stories, but I think the thing that I keep seeing with almost every business is there's such disruption going on in the marketplace between Amazon and the internet and a pandemic and a recession. And you, you can name 42 different things that are disrupting businesses. And the idea to me, is, so I I kind of view your company as you disrupt the disruption and take it to another path. And so I, you know, so I'm all I can tell Love you is that. I want I want to thank you for coming on this podcast. Anybody who is watching this, I think uh, Miss Villhauer is giving you specific instructions. You go to our website and and you you take a look at it, and then you can schedule a thirty minute appointment, which I yeah. certainly recommend. And uh, Amber, just thank you for all the work you've done for us and for your friendship and support. And uh, we at Northeast Private Clanker, we're very grateful uh, for NGNG and thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. Have have a great day. Bye-bye.
1: I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California insurance license number 0B36048. Arkansas insurance license number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.